0: Hey everyone, my name is Nate Baker and welcome to another episode of the RCC Student Podcast. Today I'm here joined with Silas Sproul. What's up you guys? And today we're going
1: to answer the question, what do I do when I sin? Mm. What do you think Silas? What do I do when I sin? I think that asking this question is hopefully in the context of those who are already in Christ Um, I think sometimes what we come up against is um, maybe those who are sensitive to truth and who may be seeking after Christ, but who may not yet be uh, a born-again believer, Hmm. um, they say, what do I do when I sin? And they're really looking for, how do I balance the scales? Uh, How do I make this wrong right? Um, I think the problem with approaching it that way is you've already uh, placed the power of um, of being made whole on yourself, that you're depending on yourself entirely to be made whole, um, and I think that's uh, a, a real danger.
0: Yeah. So sometimes, Silas, whenever people sin, it, it can be a common experience to feel worthless, feel like you've done a, a great wrong, feel feel like you've failed God in a way that you perhaps can't recover from or uh, like you now need to do something good to outweigh that wrong uh, what's the what's the problem with these sorts of views?
1: yeah, I, I mean I think ultimately trying to do something to outweigh wrong, um, it misses the real consequence of sin is not once it's been done, uh, you can kind of do something to to pull that meter you know back the other direction. Mm. Um, I think even grasping that the consequences of any sin uh, is to be separated from the love of God forever, to be separated from communion with him. Um, you think about the the original sin of Adam and Eve and, and the fall of mankind. Um, it'd be easy to look at that and even say, you know, was that a big deal? Um, now, we can look at everything that followed that, and it's easy to say, yes, it was a big deal. We have, you know... Uh, many, many, many generations now of, uh, the fall w- having its, uh, outworking within mankind. Um, but within the individual now, when we commit sin and it seems small, um, we're stepping back into that same, uh, that same territory that cut us off from the love of God to begin with. Um, and so regardless of how big or how small the sin is, the consequence is to be separated from God forever. Um, now the the truth even a little deeper than that, if we're going to get into talking about sin nature, um, is that we're born with this we're born with a condition that we're we're already cut off from uh, from the love of God, and the only hope of of reconciling that is Jesus. Um, so when we ask the question, "What do I do when I sin?" if you are an unbeliever, um, my encouragement to you is. Uh, You can't do it by yourself. It's it's kind of the good news, bad news is that you can't do it by yourself. That's the bad news, I guess. The good news is that Jesus uh, has accomplished that. Um, And by placing your faith in him, um, your sin is dealt with in its entirety. Now, let's talk about for the believer who says, what do I do with my sin? Um, You know, do I have to, to, well, let me ask you, if I sin, do I need to uh, be saved again each time I sin? Or, or do I keep my salvation? Or what does that look like in the life of a believer?
0: Yeah, great question.
1: Uh, the
0: What we see throughout the scriptures is that when a person is saved by Jesus Christ, they are saved forever. Uh, one cannot lose their salvation. This is a truth that we would hold to uh, and, and cling to as foundational. And and yet, at the same time, uh, it is possible for, over time, a person's life to reveal that they were perhaps not ever truly saved in the first place to begin with. Um, and yet, the truth still remains that when a person is saved, they, they will uh, continue following Jesus for their whole life. Uh, there will be struggles, there will be Uh, temptations and failures and, uh, hardships. Uh, sure. All of these things are true. Uh, and yet we have the profound truth of Romans eight, that nothing can separate us from Mm -hmm. the love of God uh, once we're in Christ Jesus.
1: Yeah. I think I would just add to, um, kind of a thought I have as you're talking through, uh, those who are saved and, um, those who will, uh, not that there's a difference between this, but those who are saved and those who will remain saved, meaning there are those who pray and who then demonstrate a life of uh, of salvation, and then there are those who pray and there's no change, there's no uh, redemption, there's no, there's no regeneration or new birth or new life in that person. Um, and maybe that person is really after the benefits and not after delight in who the Lord is, um, but they want something, you know, maybe even in the here and now there's a benefit they see. Uh, To if I call myself a Christian, I get this benefit or that benefit or whatever it may be. Um, I would, I would add to that though, um, that if you are somebody who's struggling with sin and maybe struggling with assurance of salvation, um, there are questions worth asking to to kind of see what kind of desires do you have in your heart and where do those come from? Um, And I would say that um, the good desires that we have are a gift from the Lord. Um, when we have the desire to be made whole, to repent, to uh, turn away from our sin, um a desire yeah. to to love Jesus, and, yeah. and be in his presence, those kinds of desires, um I think, are foreign to uh, the sinful flesh. Um, I think the sinful flesh wants to flee from those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the regenerate believer, it's the it's the opposite of that. They want to flee from sin. They want to, um, while failure still happens, when it happens, there's a wrestling with, I, I don't want this in my life. Uh-huh. Um, I want the Lord. I want the goodness of the Lord. I want to be close to him. Um, so you may struggle with assurance because of your failings. But I would say, even in the midst of that, for there to be uh, a draw back to the Lord, a desire to be reconciled to him, um, that's, that's a little, uh, a little hint of assurance that I think can grow into something profound in your life. Uh, of you being certain of your salvation and your standing in Christ.
0: Yeah, that's a great point, Silas. I think that one thing that I've seen among my Christian brothers and sisters is that people will sometimes struggle with a particular sin and feel like they're trapped in it, uh, in this cycle of sin, of giving into temptation. They hate it. They're struggling with it. They. They've repented, they, they don't truly want this, and yet uh, yet their flesh the, is still giving in to this sin. They're, they're still weak, they're still sinning against God, and they hate it, yet it feels like they can't stop. And one question that I've been asked from people that are in that very common experience is, Does this mean that I'm not saved? Does this mean that I'm not truly a Christian if I keep on sinning? And I look at Romans 7, the Apostle Paul, his words in there sound a lot like that relatable Hmm. experience where he says, I do not do what I want to do, but I do the very thing I hate. I don't understand my own actions. I, I don't know why I keep on doing it like this? Why do I keep sinning? That's kind of the the thought process of, of so many Christians. And it was the same as the Apostle Paul's after his conversion. Mm. And so I don't think that, that that feeling, that struggle with sin is a sign of a person's lack of salvation. Uh, I think that in many cases, it, it can be a sign of their actual salvation, their regeneration, that heart that God has given them a new heart, uh, convicted them of sin. The Holy Spirit's work in their life, uh, their their regeneration, their uh, their conscience pointing them towards the goodness of God, uh, even though they are weak, they they are fighting, uh, and and that fight is only enabled and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Uh, and and to be in a sincere fight where you want God, uh, I think is more of a indication that God has begun a good work in you. And according to Philippians 1, he will bring it to completion,
1: mm. every good work that he starts. Yeah, I love it. I agree wholeheartedly with everything. I, I think um, an interesting... Uh, distinction now to the question what do I do when I sin some of what you're talking about now brings up the question what do I do when I keep on sinning hmm. yeah. and um, you know you, you think about if you fail in an area um, it'd be great if when you fail once you're confronted with it and then you never return to that um, I, I know in my own life there are uh, there are areas that I fail and fail time and time again um, and in coming back to those things, um, I think the personal reflection question that I would uh, present to the listeners is in the areas where you keep on sinning, um, where is your heart in that? Um, yeah. is there a brokenness? Is there repentance? Is there, um, a desire to, uh, to leave that? Um, and each time you sin, you can continue to lean on the grace of God, but, um, if there's not brokenness, if there's not repentance, um, is it possible that there really is just an abuse of grace and that uh, your your view of the Lord and your view of Christ says, um, I, I can keep sinning that grace may abound um, because the, the grace of, of God is greater than anything I can imagine. So he can surely absor- absorb um, whatever my sin issue is. If that's where your heart is, uh listener i would encourage you um to to wrestle with that with somebody else yeah. uh, that you look to as a uh, a trusted uh, leader counselor uh, godly um man or woman that that can just I, I mean frankly that can rebuke you that can um take this this danger uh, this harmful view that you're holding to uh, and direct you otherwise. I think sometimes we need others to help us um, feel the, the weight of our sin yeah. while constantly being pointed to the depth of the grace of God. We need both of those things. Mm-hmm. And I think if we minimize sin, uh, we, we kind of turn grace into a trivial thing too. And if grace or if sin isn't a big deal, then grace isn't a big deal either. Mm. Um, and so when we do sin, when we do fail, uh, I think it's it's worthwhile to to sit with that at least for a minute, um, and and know that to whatever depth you you feel the weight of sin, the depth of God's grace is greater. So don't be yeah. fearful to go there.
0: Absolutely, there's that there's that song titled "His Mercy Is More." Mm. Uh, my sins they are many. His mercy is more. Mm-hmm. That's a truth that we should that we should allow to ring out in our hearts when we sin. And and yet what I appreciate about what you're saying, Silas, uh, what it seems like you're saying is that there is a time to grieve over our sin. Our, our sin should sadden us.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We, we should be fully aware of the depth of our sin. This is um, one of the strange paradoxes of the Christian walk that I've heard mentioned by older and wiser men than myself is that as you mature in Christ, as you grow in holiness, you become more aware of your own sinfulness mm. and that it grieves you more and more. And yet, Silas, we don't stay in that point of grief and burden uh, and shame, do we? What, what is an
1: appropriate response to our sin? Yeah. So I think on the flip side, if you're somebody who doesn't live in, I'm going to abuse grace, but, um, you could be somebody who lives in, I'm going to abuse myself and, and make myself just really suffer. Um, that's, that's actually again, missing. When you get to that point, you're not simply feeling the weight of your sin. You're trying to, again, by your own power, uh, make right what is wrong. Um, and that's, that's approaching now the, uh, the responsibility that you play in your sin that's approaching it the wrong way, I would say. Mm. Um, I think to, to feel the weight of your sin, to recognize the consequences that come with it, both um, the, we could say, the vertical consequences and the horizontal con- consequences, you know, the ways that your sin um, becomes a hindrance to your walk with the Lord and the way that your sin becomes a hindrance to uh, your relationships with others, when we recognize those things, I don't think there's any way to not feel uh, badly about it. Yeah. Um, and, and that's good. That's mm-hmm. a right response to uh, to doing something wrong. You want to see somebody who, who feels remorseful for having done something wrong. That's healthy. That's good. Um, but to say to yourself, uh, I'm the worst person in the world. I hate myself. I don't, you know, I don't deserve to breathe. I don't, uh, whatever the thing is. Um, if you get to a point where you're, uh, you know self-deprecating as a means to make it right. Um, you've you've still uh, trivialized grace, you've made it a small thing um, which is its own danger uh, okay. its own its own risk. And instead what we ought to do um, is it, it's a kind of pride that says um, I can shame myself out of this rather than, I'm going to humble myself before the cross and see it's dealt with entirely uh in Jesus. Um and when you can say that instead, um there doesn't need to be like this, you know, this time frame of of being steeped in shame. Um, I think about parenting, for instance. Uh something that I want to be cautious to do with my own kids is when they break a rule. Actually just today, um my my daughter was just being a silly five-year-old as five-year-olds do and um, she was running around the house with a glass that she was asked to put on the counter and she was told to not run and she didn't take that seriously she didn't take that instruction seriously so she she slipped she fell um, she kind of hurt her arm going down and then of course the glass broke and went everywhere all over the kitchen um now our immediate concern is well she's hurt and, you know, we want to, we want to care for her. Um, and then we talked about the, the consequences of, of what had happened and, and ignoring the instruction that's been given to you that's for your good results in harm. Uh, it results in suffering and, and her arm hurt. She had a, a little, a little scrape on it from falling down. Now, what I don't want to do with my daughter um, is it's not like she was oblivious to the hurt that she was feeling. Right. Um she was remorseful. she immediately said I'm sorry she felt badly that she broke the glass mm-hmm. uh, and I don't have any interest in grinding that into her anymore like you you need to feel the shame, you need to feel the weight of this mm-hmm. I don't have any interest in that. Um, to see remorse in my child um, brings me joy honestly uh, to see that there's a real grappling with I've done I've done the wrong thing um, and I want to make it right. Um, now, a consequence that I won't carry out uh, with my kids is to make them feel shame over like a, a duration of time. Like I'm going to withhold love from them, even though, you know, they've had the consequence initially. They've had the conversation. Maybe they have some you know natural consequence from what they've decided to do. Um, that's sufficient for me. I don't need to add on top of that. Now I'm also going to, you know, for whatever arbitrary amount of time, maybe it's an hour or something, I'm going to make them feel shame. That's not something that I would do as a parent. That's not something that I would encourage uh, believers to do either. That's not, that's not what it means to repent. Uh, repentance doesn't mean, okay, for the next you know day or two, um, rather than run to grace, I'm going to just stay in shame. Yeah. Um, so I would encourage you, <clears throat> again, listener, If you're somebody who wrestles with shame over things that you do, um, I I would challenge you to to imagine the humility that it takes to set that aside and say, me shaming myself really is useless, is damaging, isn't glorifying to the Lord. And instead, what I want to do is delight in his grace and run to that immediately um, and receive it fully, you know, Mm -hmm. moment by moment, day by day go to the grace of the Lord, not uh, try to make things right by shaming myself. Yeah. Amen. <clears throat> I
0: think that a lot of what we've been discussing is sort of summarized in a tool that we find helpful to think of the the Christian walk as a dance, the the waltz specifically, Which is a three-step dance Uh, and there's this tool titled the gospel waltz that's supposed to highlight what the steps are that a believer should appropriately take based on scripture whenever they sin what should their response to their sin be do you mind telling us about that silas
1: yeah absolutely so the gospel waltz three steps just like nate said and the first step is repent Um, the second step is believe the third step is obey. So to kind of unpack those for a second, uh, repent in its simplest form means to stop and turn away from. So you're, you're going towards something, you identify it, you stop and you don't continue to gaze at that thing. You don't continue to think about that thing, but you turn away from it. Um, and, and of course, in the context of sin, that means you've, you've committed the sin. Um, and now what you want to do is you, you stop, you acknowledge what you've done and you turn from it, repent. The second step to believe that's what you're turning to you're going to turn away from sin and turn to truth um i, I think my favorite way of kind of summarizing how to live in the belief uh, step of the gospel waltz um is he became sin who knew no sin that in him we might become the righteousness of god um think of those as two paths that you could just live in for a while you know And the implications of those truths. He became sin who knew no sin. Uh, He being, of course, Jesus. Um, That carries with it tremendous implications for you as a believer that Jesus became sin who knew no sin. He was perfect. um, And then he bore the full penalty of our sin. Um, And and then that second part, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So the results of that are that we are made righteous. We're made new. Um, We're co-heirs with Christ. We're adopted. Uh, we can call the Lord our Father um, with the same confidence that Christ does, um, which is incredible. That's crazy to me. Um, and then the the third step is obey. Um, now you've you've identified in your life a sin issue. Um, I think if you're really going to do this well, you want to get to not just the the kind of surface level. Here's what I did, but get to the heart level. Here's why I did it. Um, what what is it that made that sin thing more appealing than righteousness. Um, So repent, believe, and obey. Uh, Now you want to look at, okay, I've I've sinned, I've repented of that. Here's what I believe is true. um, And now here's how the Lord is leading me to act now. Um, I I think just, it sounds a little arbitrary, but if you look at those as, um, uh, you know, how long you're going to spend in each of those movements? I mean, you can spend five or ten seconds in your in your own uh, private prayer, uh, repenting, identifying the sin issue, um, and then spend you know thirty seconds or a minute or two minutes in belief, um, and then go on to obey. and And I think that as you work through that in your life, the obedience portion, I think the Lord can make clear to you, here's what I'm calling you to do. Um, but the point really being the the bulk of your time. Uh, in this gospel waltz should be spent in belief and mm-hmm. uh, looking to what is true um again not spending uh, an incredible amount of time just beating yourself up over your sin um and not just skimming over truth i mean that's truth is what we need uh, mm-hmm. we need to be set free by that um so live there live in belief um and, and then let that uh, give way to action yeah, and this
0: certainly is not a method uh, that that we've just forged up to uh, as a means of uh doing uh, or accomplishing or uh making yourself right with God. Mm. This is just a summary of the biblical response to our sin uh that the Christian ought to venture on. Daily, as expressed in the Bible, and I do think that it's a very helpful tool that it, that Silas and I would, along with many others, recommend that you uh, remember and utilize daily, weekly as something that we utilize often, uh, and and it's important for for a few different reasons. But before we get to why it's so important, I'd love to just model it uh, and suggest that you pray alongside with us. Uh, you try to think of maybe a specific sin that you've committed this week that you want to bring to the Lord in prayer uh, and pray this with us. So we'll start with repentance. God, there is this sin that I've committed that, that I feel, uh, strongly about that is, uh, I know that it is wrong, that it goes against what you have revealed to be good. Uh, It's destructive to me. It's destructive to others. And uh, Lord, I'm sorry for this thing that I've done. I I recognize that it's wrong. Uh, My mind has been changed about it, and I I want what is good belief. I, I believe that even though I've done this thing, Lord, I... I am still your child. I am not separated from you. Uh, I have your assurance that that now that I am yours, there is nothing that can separate me from your love. And so I cling to those truths, Lord, even though I've wronged you and, and wronged those around me and and wronged myself, I, I still know that you care for me and I, I still cling to your to your cross uh, you have you have saved me lord um, thank you for this assurance god and then obedience lord walking forward from this point on i, I pray that you would enable me to walk in obedience uh, strengthen me and give me a mind that desires to do what is right and give me the strength to act on those desires uh, because I do not do what I want to do. Uh, I do the very thing I hate, but I want to walk in obedience, Lord. So please strengthen me and enable me for that.
1: Amen. Awesome. Thank you, Nate. Uh, listener, if you walked through that along with us, um, I would encourage you to be as specific as possible with yeah. what what kind of sin issue you're wrestling with today. Um, again, don't be fearful of uh, of confessing your sin. The Lord knows it already. Um, the godly people in your life are aware of their own sin and Uh uh, of each of our need for the grace of God to to cleanse us time and time again. So uh, be specific and be bold and uh, and love living in what's true and uh, serving the Lord with your time. Um, I I think just to kind of tag on one more um, just helpful piece to keep in mind with your own walk uh, the gospel waltz, uh, as a tool, um, we talk about sort of what gets created in us if we don't uh, do the three-step, but if we do it as a two-step, right? So we take away one of those things. What are we left with? And um, without getting maybe into the weeds of it all, um, essentially, uh, the the danger of taking away repentance um, is that you become uh, legalistic, that Basically, you're saying, I'm perfect. I, I don't need to repent. I've already, I know what's true and I know how to obey. So you become legalistic. Um, if you know legalistic people, uh, you know they are abrasive. They are difficult. They don't really seem to know grace. Um, and I would encourage you if, you, if you have wrestled with your own sin, the more you wrestle with your sin, the more you recognize, I think, what grace is. Um, so wrestle with it. Uh, repent. Um, If we take away belief, we can become kind of moralistic where we're saying um, okay, I I did this wrong thing and and we kind of get back to where we started where we say, I messed up, I'll just make it right by obeying. And you kind of bounce back and forth between those things. I messed up, okay, I'll do better. I messed up, I'll do better. Um, That's a painful spot to be in um, and not a spot that I want for any of you to to be stuck in. Uh, And the last one is licentiousness. And this is where uh, you you can repent and believe, but you never actually get to a point of any real change you know being present in your life. Um, this is the person who abuses grace uh, they say i I see that I've sinned, I see I've messed up, but look at what Jesus did, so I'm good mm-hmm. um, i I think um, if there's a listener out there who has this tattoo, I apologize, but I'm gonna call you out right now uh, some people have tattooed on them. Only God can judge me. Um, oftentimes, I find when people use that statement uh, or have it tattooed on them, um, the the intent is to say, I can't be confronted by my sin by anybody else. I can do what I want. Don't tell me what to do. Only God can tell me what to do. Now, part of what God would say we ought to do is hold each other accountable, uh, which means believers in your life can, in fact, tell you what to do. Um, and they should. Uh, we should speak truth to each other. Um, but for somebody to live licentiously, uh, they they ultimately become their own authority and um, they abuse grace time and time again. Uh, so I, I tag that on just to to encourage you to keep these things in mind. When you are trying to wrestle with the question of what to do when you sin, um, run to the Father, mm-hmm. uh, trust in his grace, and um, go out ready to serve him, to honor him. Um, and when you fail again, do it again. Yeah. Uh, there are times that I think some of my my um, this this is one of those paradoxes again, I guess. But some of my better days are some of my worst days. Where um, if I have failed and I recognize, man, I I am a sinner. Uh, look at the ways that I failed just in one day. Um, when I do that, I get to run over and over back to grace. Um, and be refreshed by that um, and there's there's a real uh, a real freedom yeah in doing that, so gospel waltz is not something to um, to just do you know once a week or something, but uh, use this every day. Um, man, if we spend more time living in what's true, um, that's a good thing, yes, if you
0: find yourself grieved by your sin, uh, looking at it and saying I'm failing God I don't know what to do uh, there is no appropriate response other than to run to him uh, and to find grace there and and rest there under the waterfall of grace. Salas do you mind closing our time in prayer?
1: Absolutely let's pray Lord thank you for uh, just the time that we have to um, to be refreshed by grace and to even uh, let our own, uh, wrestle with sin, be kind of the gateway into that, that, um, when I look at my own failings, and um, I don't have to look at them forever because of what you've done. Um, Lord, thank you for Nate and thank you for uh, those that are listening to this. I pray that you would bless them and, uh, give them a heart that is humble before you and, uh, and bold and courageous. Um, but, but submissive and, uh, and trusting in you. Um, Lord, thank you that the cross is, uh, is sufficient and, um, that your grace is, uh, enough for all of our failings. Um, Lord, would you lead us to honor you and to delight in you, uh, as we walk with you for your glory in Jesus name. Amen. Amen.
0: You've been listening to the RCC student podcast
1: this week as you uh, go about your week and you may wrestle with this question of what to do when you sin. uh, We hope that this tool of the gospel waltz is useful to you in drawing you into the grace of God um, and especially drawing you into assurance of his love for you.